Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. Okay, so I know that the provincial government would really like us to stop talking about public safety or at least move on. Kind of hard to do that. It is hard to do that, and the government got beaten up in question period all week over, well, some scary, scary stuff that's been happening around the province. Uh, The Premier wasn't in the legislature this week, so most of the answering was left up to Solicitor General Mike Farnworth, and he struggled to deal with it. You know, he tried sympathy and said it's horrible what's going on, and he tried saying, well, you know, it's complicated, there are no easy solutions. And he tried saying, we're doing stuff to deal with this. And, of course, the opposition comeback was, whatever you're doing, it's not working. Look what's going on out there in Nanaimo, Surrey, uh, stabbing a man stabbed to death in downtown Vancouver. So it was a pretty bad week, and uh, he was on the defense of every day. Uh, So let's try turning the page. Uh, Mike Farnworth had a press conference yesterday to announce something the government has been promising for a while, which is legislation to crack down on unexplained, or actually to apply unexplained wealth orders in cases where the government suspects the property, a house, a car, something else, um, came about ill-gotten gains through money laundering, drug trafficking, mob activity. Uh, That's the essence of the legislation, would allow seizure of the property. And we got the legislation tabled in the House yesterday, so that's as good as it gets uh, from the government's point of view, try to get us talking about something else. Right. Okay, this is interesting, because we are going to talk to Peter German about it a little bit later on the show. And so this is essentially people with these nice houses and expensive cars, and they will now have to justify how they got the money to buy that. You got the essence of this thing, uh, Simi. This is under civil forfeiture, and it's a civil action launched by the government. And in civil action, the burden of proof shifts. In a criminal proceeding, presumption of innocence, the Crown has to prove you're guilty. In civil forfeiture, the onus is on the accused to demonstrate that they had a legitimate source of income that allowed them to acquire the house or the exotic luxury car or whatever other property is subject of the action. So the government can't just seize it, and the prosecutors can't either. They can seek a court order that the person has failed to demonstrate a legitimate source of wealth. That's unexplained wealth. And then you get a, you try to get a court order seizing the property. But, you know, the farmers may emphasized this isn't prosecutors, this isn't government. There are safeguards in the legislation. But at the end of the day, the onus is on the accused to show they had a legitimate source of income. That's really interesting because then you would think that that is going to hit people. They've been very aggressive with civil forfeiture. Yeah, it is, and so far it stood up to challenge. Farmworth was asked, do you think this will stand up to court challenge? He said this has been done elsewhere. Uh, BC's law is patterned partly after what's been done in the UK 
what's been done in the province of Manitoba. He expects court challenges, but he thinks it'll survive. If you look at what's happened elsewhere, there have been some challenges. The government there has had to change its legislation. But yes, so far, uh, it has survived a test. And I guess the government's view is it's worth a try. It may be the only way, as Farnworth said, to discourage the kind of... Um, attitude that lures people into drug trading and organized crime, which is the exotic and well-funded lifestyle that comes with it. So um, that's the objective. I guess, as I said, we'll see what kind of challenges arise. Uh, Farmworth was asked, Simi, about a couple of hypothetical situations. One of them is, well, what about the case where you have joint ownership of the family home and a family with children? And uh, one of the partners is suspected of having purchased it with ill-gotten gains, but the other partner may be completely oblivious. It's the family home. The kids live there. They go to school. Farmer said, let me be blunt. Let me be blunt. Here's the quote. Just because the mob boss's spouse is not involved in illegal activity doesn't mean they get to keep the house. So that's pretty rough stuff. That's that is. where this legislation is headed. And I said, I'm sure it's headed for a, uh, for a court challenge as well. Um, a farmer wrapped up um, and he walked out of the press theater. He stopped by uh, my chair and said, um, I was kind of disappointed <laughs> that I didn't get a question about what is a politically exposed foreign person. So the legislation huh. would allow uh, an unexplained wealth order against, quote, a politically exposed foreign person. So he asked for it, so I asked him, well, what is <laughs> You asked, <laughs> so he, yes. He gave us an example. He said, okay, I'll give you an example. He said, the example is you've got a deputy minister in a government in another country who we know from the records is making $50,000 a year in that country as a deputy minister. And yet they're able to buy a $5 million house in Vancouver. That looks suspicious, and that's the kind of thing you're going to be looking at. So foreign nationals uh, suspected of laundering money into Vancouver um, for one reason or another that's the kind of thing that's going to raise suspicion. That's what's going to lead to action under this. But again, Farmer said it's going to be up to the courts to order the property seized. It's not just because we're suspicious we get to do it. Right. I'm curious, though, about the flags that will lead them through the process, right? About, well, how do you, how do you identify these properties? Well, you know, there's that old uh, phrase that we use in the media, so-and-so was known to the police, right? Ah, yes. You, you, you expect that this sort of thing is going to be pursued in tandem. And by the way, one of the things in the legislation, Simi, it's been learned elsewhere. As soon as one of these operators, put that in quote marks, suspects, uh, gets wind of where the crown might be headed in terms of a seizure order, uh, suddenly the property changes ownership, uh, whatever it right. is disappears. So one of the things this legislation will allow is preemptive action it, to make sure that the property can't change ownership while the crown is looking at the question of whether or not 
there's unexplained wealth here. So it's it's fighting back against, I mean, we saw recently in the big money laundering case that collapsed, it's very difficult for to convict uh, in money laundering. Never happened in this country. It's very difficult to do, and it can take a long time. As Farmer said, it can take years. So you need some sort of temporary order to freeze the property while the investigation continues. So you're seeing something fairly sophisticated going on here. As I said, I, I think it'll probably be tested in court. Farmer says he's, the government has legal opinions and is confident that this will stand up to a court challenge. I see mm-hmm. the Civil Liberties Association complaining about it. Um, one thing, there's a $75,000 threshold in the legislation. You, you're not going to be, you're not going to be seizing the bicycle of some poor guy who's trying to make ends meet uh, by maybe doing something questionable on the fringes of illegal activity. This is aimed at the major players. That's or people suspected of that. That's where they're headed with this. Can I also ask you quickly here about coming up just after the seven o'clock news, we're going to be talking with a reporter in Halifax about the report that the Mass Casualty Commission came out with regarding the RCMP's actions in the um, mass killing three years ago in April. Uh, There's a lot in there about the RCMP and I wonder if that'll affect anything going on in Surrey. I think it might. You know, Farmer's got asked about it. He said he hadn't read the report. Not surprising. It runs seven volumes. But he understood from his staff there were some very significant recommendations. Oh, yeah. I gather almost 200 of them. He said uh, BC will, of course, be reviewing those recommendations. And he reminded us that his job in deciding what to happen in Surrey is to determine the assistance of the police commissioner, um, the, uh, it is to determine that public safety policing services will be protected. So a hint there that the report might uh, provide the government with another reason to be suspicious of moving back to the RCMP. Uh, my impression, and I think most of us who've covered this story closely, Simi, is the same. The New Democrats would sooner stick with the Surrey, uh, new Surrey police force. They'd sooner not approve going back to the RCMP. They want an ironclad case because they do not want to overrule the council out there unless they've got overwhelmingly persuasive evidence that the switchback won't work. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sim.